Hey everyone, welcome to TFP. Today I'm joined by Nini, Joe, Boovy, Flanders, Grizz, and we're going to go over the course of the last week or so. I don't think we're going to preview too much about the weekend because the FA Cup will be what the FA Cup will be, but um, there's been so much chat around so many different things. Spurs making it through to the League Cup final, City making it through to the League Cup final, Oli deciding to take Eric Bay out of the side when he was performing perfectly well. Um, a little bit of chat around Bielsa and what's going on in terms of Leeds' performances, because there's been so much chat around that. We'll talk a little bit about Southampton win over Liverpool and whether Liverpool are in a, a slump, a dip, a pothole, whatever you want to call it, boobs. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Chelsea in <laughs> trouble as well. Um, firstly, make sure that you're subscribed and make sure you like the, script, the stream. If you haven't already, get involved. And then while you uh, while you finish or when you finish doing that, make sure you follow all of the guys on social as well. Get on over to Twitter and make sure you follow all the guys on social because you can see all their, their handles just there. Um, and check out some of the great work that they do as well. Okay, we're going to start today with United versus City. Um, Boovy, what went right? Flanders, what went wrong? Well, from a city's perspective, I think it was. I think everything went right. I think it was as close to a p- perfect kind of derby performance that you can expect, especially in these times that we have. Uh, I was watching it, and I thought there was an inevitability about the performance, uh, and that's not to discredit United. I think United has some good moments, and they could have scored. There's no question about that. But uh, when we've looked at City in the Centurion season, we've looked at the City the following season. There was an inevitability. Yeah, we'd smash teams five, six every now and then, but those one nil, those two, those two nil wins. That, that got us over the line, the FA Cup, the League Cup and, and winning domestic trebles is back and we're back to that kind of rhythm. Um, so so from the back end to the front end of the pitch, I thought we, I thought the whole team was absolutely superb. Um, and the, the team picks itself now, really. I think it's working really, really well without a striker. I think if you said to me maybe a month ago, you, you have no striker for Chelsea away in the Premier League and Man United in a, in a, in a Cup semi-final, um, especially how, how United have played at the moment, I'd say we probably lose both games. <laughs> um, and, and we've now turned around and actually won both games very, very convincingly, I think. Um, so, yeah, very, very gassed, to be honest. I'm very, very hyped. <laughs> Just very, very gassed. To be fair, they were annoyingly good, Flanders. Yeah, it's an, I was, I was going to say, like, they've got an annoying inevitability about them. Lawrence used that word already. Um, they do look like they've struck, you know... What's the right way? They've, they've, they've struck a good patch of form. They, they're not even conceding goals. They've got a world-class the centre-back who can't get in the team. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and they, they look brilliant. Like, <laughs> last last night, I, I, I didn't go into that game like that confident that United would win because I think City's performance at Chelsea was just, it was like a level above or levels above what the, how they've been playing of late. Um, yeah. And United... I got a bit of stick for this, but like I said, United tried to go. It, it's when I've watched United beat City, they've done it in a way where they've let City come at them and then they they beat them on the break. Last night, I felt like they tried to win the game, and they're not good enough to do that. And I think that was proven. Like Solskjaer spoke about how uh, United had less possession in the games that they'd won, and like last last time it was an improvement because they had more possession. Um, I don't know what the possession stats were like last night, but United went out in the first half trying to, you know, go toe to toe, as I put it, with City. And it looked, and the halftime reviews were like, wow, both teams are trying to win. This is a good game. And it was a good game. But City are just better at that than United are. 
so I'm not that. Obviously, I always want to win trophies, but um, you know, you've got to hold your hands up sometimes and just say, like, you know, I've got a couple of tests coming up in terms of measuring where they are against City and Liverpool soon. Um, they're not as good as City when they're at their best, and City are getting closer to their best at the moment. So if they want to beat City, they have to do it the other way. Quiz, uh, as a real football man, uh, do you think United have got a little bit of a, a block there at the moment when it comes to semi-finals? I don't really buy into that kind of thing. Um, different players, different teams, you can't really cater for that. I thought City were purring. I thought... And- as well, just you know, just adding on to what what these guys have said, I think Sidney, in my opinion, uh, the the most informed, the best team in the in the league at them, proved that since the last few games. Um, I don't think Man United fans should be too despondent, like Scott isn't too despondent on that. I, you know, they tried to match them this time round, as opposed to sort of playing a a certain style, a certain counter attacking style. Which is, which is fair play to them, given their confidence and going to the game, and they thought, okay, well, let's try. And it's not, I, I'd say, I don't know how Scott feels, but I'd say all their main priorities, uh, especially given the form they're in in the league, and obviously the FA Cup still to come. But um, I would prefer I mean, they signs, tried that in the league, in, in the cup rather than the league. Abs- yeah, I was just really? going to say, and this is this the yeah. game to start to see how far they've got. And you know, they gave City a good game. There wasn't, it wasn't City walked through them. It was, a game, it was a competitive game. You could see City are the, by far the better team. But I thought I thought United uh, should be a bit sort of optimistic after that kind of thing because City at the moment are absolutely purring. It's just they're, they haven't, they're doing all this without a main striker as well. Um, you know, Jesus, Aguero. I don't think... They're playing a false nine, aren't they, Bouvier? Um, you know, yeah, and, Mario and De Bruyne last night. Yeah, so they're, so they're interchanging and it's, 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 it's ominous. From a fan point of view, anyway. Yeah, Carl, Do you know, Griggs, you, you see it ominous, yeah? But, well, mm. I guess from a City perspective, but I'm just thinking from a Man United perspective, because obviously he's lost four semis now. So there's obviously a mental blockage there. So any chat of them being in a title race, really, um, are they going to be able to handle that sort of pressure, Man United, if Oli can't get them over a semi final, you know? In my opinion, I, I know you just he's my... putting the bait out there as a lead. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just asking. <laughs> the fact of the news, I'm just asking, man. No, 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 no I'm watching. Listen, boys, I watched last week and I'm, I'm I'm back with a vengeance after watching last week's show. <laughs> I just want to know, though, you obviously can't get past that stumbling block. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, they've not been good enough. That's the crux of it to get past that stumbling block. I don't think it's a mental thing or anything, they're just not good enough yet. To get past the, any semi-final stage, and but I don't think yesterday was a barometer of where they are kind of thing, because you know they're not on City's level, you know they're not on Liverpool's level, you know yet. But there is signs of improvement there. And you know I have to Chris, admit that. You have to say quick, that. But a question though, if if United had drawn Brentford, like yeah, they would have beaten yeah. Brentford, would they? Yes, come on. Are you sure? They would have done. Yeah. I mean, we, we beat a championship team in Leeds 6-2. So, you know, you'd think, uh, you'd think the Brentford game would be pretty simple Very as good. well. Very good. Um, I, I don't buy into the mental block. I, I don't buy into it. Um, the fact of the matter is they came up against City over two legs last season. They beat City in the second leg last season. They just got trashed in the in the first leg, 3-1. Uh, they beat Chelsea. They were That was an off day. 
Oh, they lost to Chelsea. Sorry, that was an off day in the FA Cup semi-final. I'm not. I'm not too despondent. I, I know suppose, that there's a lot of supporters Scott, out there who I are. But I suppose the only thing is, is that it's it's when you come to the next one, isn't it, that it matters more as opposed to now, because people will use that as something to beat you over the head with pre-match. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to me, it doesn't look like. Perhaps they could get a bit smarter. Um, perhaps they could go about like a about the game a bit smarter and maybe the the kind of performance they put in at City away when they beat them in the league last season. Because that's the one I look at and I think, wow, they did that really well. They won that game like with a plan and they did it well. If they'd have played like that again last night, they maybe would have had a better chance, but City look a bit more solid defensively. <clears throat> but I think I think last night was a was a test to me. Like I I, I don't uh, I I don't see it as uh, you know some massive mental block and United are failing, but you, a lot of their players are, a lot of their squad now are not proven winners. So they, they have to get over that hurdle at some point, um, but they're, they're still young as well. Um, like a lot of the key players in that team are quite young, uh, but we'll see. Um, they still have more opportunities and they could, if they beat Burnley or draw with Burnley, they could go top of the league. So, well, why did he pick? Why did he pick uh, Lindelof over Bailey? Bailey just got back into the team. There's no it's tired frustrating. Race. There's no... It's frustrating. That, that, That's that one mad is. from I mean, a Man United point of view. Yeah. Um, I, I think Bailey's injury record is the reason why, because uh, he, he doesn't do consistent runs of games, and I think the reason why he was kind of left out was to have a bit of a break. Um, I do think that the the switch has been made. I think he's done enough to be picked ahead of Lindelof in the league. In the league, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just love watching Eric Bailly play. If, if it was up to me, he'd be he'd be in there each time. He's just <laughs> so fun to watch. He really is. But Nini, I've got to ask you this because um, City's record in the League Cup is so good. Uh, for me, as a Spurs fan, what should I be looking at from when Chelsea won the League Cup that can give me uh, optimism and hope when Mourinho was in charge of Chelsea? Uh, that's a pretty uh, hard one, to be honest. Um, I guess sometimes... Like, Particularly because you don't want us to bloody win. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, that plays a part as well, of course. But um, I'm looking at this Man City team, and it's, as you guys were saying, I mean, they're absolutely purring right now. Uh, they're a team that know how to beat deep, low defensive blocks, and they got players that can take responsibility at any moment. I mean, that Fernandinho got, uh, goal was outstanding when I saw that. And one of those ones you just have to like clap your hands towards. But um, I don't know, if I was a Spurs fan, uh, you've got to be, you've got to panic, you've got to worry, to be honest. And uh, I think with Man City, this false nine system they're using is absolutely destroying teams right now. You know, we're seeing Mahrez playing there. When De Bruyne played there against us, he just completely ran the show and there was no solutions to stop him. And, you know, I guess it's half a Prem defenders where if they got no one to mark or stay against, then who like follows who, who does what, you know what I mean? So for me, Man City feel like, of course, obvious favourites. Do you know what? I feel like, uh, without meaning to be too divisive, Flanders, I think I'd be a bit annoyed today at the first goal. Yeah, if I was a United um, fan, United concede a lot from set pieces. They've got to fix. They've got to fix that from corners, from free kicks. Um, <clears throat> it's very frustrating. I mean, I don't know who you want to blame for that. People will blame Harry Maguire. Um, perhaps is that not been, who you've, w- I, you? Like, you could defend it better at the front, probably. 
um, to stop the ball even coming into that area. Harry Maguire wasn't in that area. Um, it's always it's the default. If we concede a goal, Harry Maguire's it's Harry, Harry Maguire. It's always yeah, Harry he Maguire's costs fault. so much. He should. Uh, have he costs eighty it. million. He's got to be perfect every, each and every time. Um, but they have a problem that they have to fix with that. A lot of their goals have come from set pieces this season. Look but at Booby. Like he keeps like, pausing on this smuggler. It's so I, funny. No, I was <laughs> I was bringing it back to I think City were just the better team. And you should probably praise them instead of looking at the faults of, of yeah. other teams. Because I agree with that. Really good. Yeah. Go on, but yeah, what... that's completely right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I think the I think the guy who scored the first goal. It, I mean, it epitomizes everything about Man City. Get at a club when you can see a revitalization of a player. I think some some squads and definitely City have been guilty of when a player doesn't click instantly. Look, we're going to sell them. We're going to loan them out. He he doesn't work. And Guardiola, to be fair to him, is always stopped by John Stones. He drops him when he's Oh, we still got you. Well, and he's played him when he's fit, active in the squad, and shows the fans what football club, regardless where what where that takes us in the league this season or in the in the league cup final. Um, so he epitomises everything. He's absolutely class. Um, and it's it's kind of ironic because I think as a City fan for the last ten years, it was company with a lesser centre-back. It was Di Michaelis. It was tying for a few day, uh, games. Nastasic, Savic, these terrible defenders, Mangala. And now we've got three centre-backs who all play together and they're all fantastic. I think they'd improve probably United's defence individually if they were to go to United, for example. So, John Stones is just, he's absolutely everything. I think, as, as a City fan, I want. I want the desire. I want the ability to, if you have an off day, you work at it and you come back stronger. Um, and yeah, he's, he's completely on point for, for where I think City are at the moment. So, I agree with big... that. And I, I wanted to talk about Ruben Diaz as well. He just looks like a proper defender. Yeah. Um, it's annoying because like there's, there's been, I know that there's been a lot of there's been a lot of clubs who have looked at him. I know United have looked at him as well. Um and City have just signed <clears> him for a decent price. They do this a lot where they see a player for 40, 50 million and they think, we'll have him, and he's perfect and he's brilliant, and it's annoying. Um, Do you know, Ben, earlier you were saying you you don't want to be divisive. I mean, I'd be divisive and ask Scott a sort of... Go on, Chris. <laughs> no, it's, it's on his chat and we'll, it's, we're going to want to... I just wanted to look from a Man United point of view, like this stat about Bruno's goals and assists from open play against the top, the big six. concerning? Like, from a Man United... Does he run <laughs> up against the big boys? Because... Apparently, zero goals assists from open play against the big six. Right. Okay. Well, uh, we'll just. I think we're trying to change the narrative to not talk about how good City are as a rival to Liverpool. <laughs> no, <laughs> ominous. I've said that. I've said. I've said that ominous from a. City and I think. I think the narrative is changing to say, "Hey, Bruno's actually City not good. very good, is he?" <laughs> <laughs> Bruno's good, but Bruno's good. But a lot of people have been saying, sort of comparing because he was playing up against KDB and the comparisons. Man United fans, you know, Bruno's the best midfielder in the world. People were saying... Who's Man actually United said fans, that? Come on. Who said well, you know... No, I just, Scott. I'm not you know you, how it works, Scott. You talk about the Liverpool fans on Twitter. I'm going to talk about the Man United on Twitter. <laughs> so, a lot of them were comparing him to KDB. Look, I think KDB, there's levels yet. And, 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 and just surprisingly, someone threw that stat out and I double-checked it and it's true. From open play, he's got zero assists against the big six. 
plus um, Seville and the other Champions League game you played against. People, people this, seem this to people seem games. to forget that Bruno's not even had a year in England yet. Kevin De Bruyne yeah. has been here six years. Yeah. Kevin yeah. De Bruyne is five years older than Bruno. Kevin De Bruyne. Bruno's had individual moments that you think. Uh, He's, he's probably outperforming Kevin De Bruyne in individual moments of brilliance in terms of flicks and goals and penalty conversions. But there's a, there a United count first half. I don't even remember, Scott. The ball comes across Bruno Fernandes. He tries to first time it to, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Martial, potentially, and he completely miskicks it. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, Rashford, he completely sort of rushed it. Bruyne, you don't always see, you don't always see this incredible sort of flip from De Bruyne but he's, he's subtly kind of working his magic in most games that I've seen I think I've been critical of his own product whereas Bruno has had that product but I think in a big game like that Bruno's not proven anything yet he's been at Sport in Lisbon Sampdoria Udinese he hasn't won anything with his contributions really and Kevin Okay right so I lost you a bit there Boovy I lost you a little bit of connection wise but <laughs> I'm going to assume that it was a world-class yeah. tirade about why Bruno Fernandes has been so successful. Regardless of the trophy hall, you think Bruno Fernandes is a more complete player and that's what we go with. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about Chelsea. Nini, since we last had you on, man, it's been a weird let's period. Go. Huh? Yeah, um, I don't know for me... I, I... To be honest, I understand that some of my some of my opinions are a little bit different. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, I, I have to be real about my take on the situation is just a little bit different com uh, compared to how a lot of people in the fan base are feeling. Okay, wait, hang on, Nini. Yeah. For people that don't know, lay it out. What is the bulk of people saying at the moment? I think a lot of it comes down to Lampard's tactical ineptitudes, you know, being inexperienced, doing the wrong things in the wrong games. And to be honest... For me, there's like, yes, yeah, slight justification uh, justification behind those critiques, but they don't always land all the time. And I feel like some of it is constantly missing. And I just feel like it's just creating this negative attitudes for no reason where you have to remember there's a project happening at this club. There's a ton of reasons behind why players have suffered in December in particular. And for me, December is that period where if a team is ready to win the league, you see what they're doing in this month. And for us... I just don't think we can do it. I look at Timo Werner. Back in Germany, this guy's on his holiday for the winter periods. You know, he's playing through it in the Premier League right now. I mean, it's his first time doing it. And I can kind of understand some of the, you know, poor pieces of play because, you know, I think it's just safe to say, you know, he's been missing some crazy chances. You look at Kai, who had severe COVID, not just any type of COVID, which took him a long time to get back in the team. It was a period that we lost all our attacking players like Pulisic, Hudson Odoi and Ziyech out the team. And... I feel like a lot of the roots come down to, you know, not having those key players, then not having enough time to play together just yet. And of course, we still got a lot of, for me personally, I'm going to sound a bit mean, but a lot of fodder from last season that, you know, they're just proving that they're not the guys that's going to take you to that next level. So I just think that... So wait, so it's for yeah. you, it's not Lampard-based. This is not a case of Lampard being inept tactically. This is a case of like performance player for player. Of course, because like I think what everyone has to remember is that we are trying to be a team like your Liverpool's, your Man City's, where we play on the front, we play a high class level of football that requires a lot of one-touch passing speeds, playing on the transition, which you can't 
coaching one month, two months, especially in times where COVID has, I know people say it's an excuse because every team's going through it, but I don't know why it is, but COVID for me has affected this season in a big way from preparation, injuries. I mean, at the start, teams were giving away double penalties in games, which I was never seen before in the Premier League. So I personally feel that this is a case of we had a road bump. We're in a sick position now where all our guys are back right now. Everyone's a full strength team with Lampard's barely had time to work with. Now we've got a few easier games to get back to full speed. So I don't know. I've always had a long term hat on. And I just think that we weren't supposed to be winning the league. Lampard sent us himself a ton of times. We are not ready because I'm constantly seeing mistakes being made, even when we're winning games. And I think considering all these different circumstances, it adds up to paint a picture for me personally. Do you know what's really weird is that I've seen so many people saying um, like Lampard is expected to win the league. Scott, do you reckon that's do you reckon that's fair? No, but I, I think he should be. Chelsea should be around where United are. They're, they're not actually that far behind, given like the the context of the season, how, how fast things can change. But maybe people are expecting Chelsea to be in the conversation about winning the league, but maybe not winning it, not yeah. actually winning it, you know? Um, and I think the fact that they have lost a lot of games is when you spend money, if, no, as a United fan, seeing this experiment and spending nearly a billion quid over seven years, eight years, and then you don't get close to winning the league, that creates a lot of pressure. So I think I think Lampard's probably feeling that a little bit, but it is a bit unfair. Yeah, I, I, I think it definitely is because, you know, no one said we're supposed to win the league. I, I, we spent a ton of money, but we spent a ton of money because we signed a lot of young potential players when a market like this will cost a ton. You know, we didn't sign like a Bruno. You guys signed him when he was like, what, 24, 25. He's already had experience being that leading guy at Sporting Lisbon. So you expect a lot more. But, you know, right now we haven't even had proper time to consistently have all our new signings playing at least over 10 games together which is what I feel you have to judge the team on when you see these guys playing. You know, if you're seeing teams where we've got fitting guys like Jorginho who ruin the balance, guys like Cover that ruin the balance, uh, you know, players like Pulisic, you know, this guy's been injured too and he's not showing the same form that he was showing at the at the end of, uh, you know, the, the first season. I just think people just got to be patient. I'm sorry. That's my okay. personal opinion. He does have Joe, one of the worst Joe, you've been, you've been very patient, haven't you? <laughs> He does have one of the worst points per game, well, the worst points per game record of any Chelsea manager ever, right? Yeah. Under Abramovich, right? So at which point does it come, you know what? We, he's a legend, we get that, but he, he's just not good enough. I don't think he is. I think it was crazy that after he's, you know, after against Arsenal, he came out so bullish, berating everyone. And and then <clears> in, the, in the last one uh, against City, it was a whole change of demeanour, like, please let me keep my job. I don't know if he's the right man. Him or jo Jordi Morris, if I'm being totally honest. Um, Did you think it was a, a, a let me keep my job sort of thing? I didn't yeah, think so. Like, I definitely didn't think so. I, I did. It was a case of, right, one week I'm absolutely battering the players and then the next thing I'm going, oh, well, you know, we're, we're like City and Liverpool, but we're not quite there yet, you know, so please give us a little bit more time. That's what it felt like to me. I don't know, Nat, Nini, you know more than me, but I believe he's upset a few people as well. They're not right keen, is that right? The likes of Havertz and, uh, and Werner? Or is nah, that nah, that, that's, or that's definitely just media talk because, you know, that, that wasn't the case <clears throat> at all. And the players 
you know, who are showing a bit. I don't even want to say dissent because none of the reports are actually giving us concrete evidence of what's happening. But naturally, guys like Alonso and Rudy's and the guys that want to play, of course, you can imagine where that's coming from. But, you know, for me, this whole thing about, you know, money, money, there was like an expectation that we had to win the league was not the case because I think everyone keeps forgetting that Lampard was signed to bring in a new philosophy, a new way of playing where we play on the front foot. And, you know, I look at clubs like obviously Liverpool, for example, are, uh, you know, of course, Klopp, it took a while for them to be showing this. For me, I think they're like one of the best teams, if not the best team, or, you know, they're all the players playing, firing in the world. And it took Klopp at least, what, three seasons so you could really see a strong competitive Liverpool team where, you know, with Frank, on the other hand, hasn't had the players to work with consistently and you're <clears> constantly <throat> doing a balancing job. I think, Do you know that though, yeah? Like, sorry, Ben. Go on, Klopp had already won stuff. Pep at City had already won stuff. Frank Lampard took Derby backwards. He took okay, Chelsea did backwards. He, I don't know. Nah, I definitely he disagree. He took, he no, took Chelsea he backwards last season. And no, sorry. He didn't. And he's didn't. going even worse. I, look, Arsenal win and Chelsea lose at the weekend, and Arsenal are, are, are above you, and they were getting relegated a couple of weeks ago. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, but the, the league table, the point difference is not even that great between most clubs where by next month like this is what I mean by I'm not trying to say nothing definitive when there's so many reasons behind by the struggle because I know from next month when we start winning games knowing our fan base is going to be a ridiculous flip-flop of the highest order and degree you're going to win the gonna, everyone exactly exactly it's going to go, you're going to see the normal debates everyone's going to forget and people got to understand what the long-term plan is and I just think that what tends to happen all the time when a manager's losing People just stick any type of negativity on him. And I don't know, I, I personally think that Lampard's shown, you know, especially, you know, that 17 game on beating Rums is just redundant now. You know, I guess that doesn't matter anymore when we are keeping so many clean sheets that we couldn't do last season. I can go on. And, you know, even to get back to your point, Joe, about how he regressed last season and Derby, even then, I think that's unfair because at Derby, when he joins, he had to work with a much younger squad compared to Derby from last season. He kept them in the same position. And last season, we had no Eden Hazards. We had key experience gone. We're using all these young guys from the Lion Army on top of that too. And of course, you know, we still got, for me, one of the big issues with what our, my club's done over the past few years. You know, when you constantly hire managers, allow them to sign certain players, sack them off, that means the next manager has to work with what he has. And it makes it difficult. And for me, one of the reasons why City and Liverpool were able to compete is because they were able to get rid of those guys that don't suit nothing to build a team where everyone compliments what happens. Right. And that's it. Booby, you look like you've been lubing up for the past 10 minutes, <laughs> waiting, waiting, to, waiting to fly in. Come on. It's major gas, isn't it? I mean, obviously, he's a lovely guy. <laughs> he's seeing his club in a tough position. I'd be gassing my head off too if I was, if I was a Chelsea fan. Uh, look, there are, there are two types of legend uh, legend appointments to a football club. There's one that's like Guardiola at Barcelona. He knows everything at the club. He, he installs a philosophy. It's already there. It worked well. And then there's it reminded me of Graham Sooners at Liverpool, where everyone loved Graham Sooners at Liverpool, and he just wasn't the right manager when he took over, and he struggled for about 18 months, two years. Maybe it's a, a tough thing to say that, but I look at Lampard. I don't know if he's got any tactical nous. I look at Guardiola at City after our first season. We had Kolarov, Sanya. We had um, Joe Hart, obviously, wasn't part of the, the plans in the first season. We had so many weird players. The second season, we were Centurions. 
So I think you can make a transition in the Premier League, especially with 200 million quid, which, which Lampard's had. I think you can make a much better transition than currently where they sit. That's, well, that's why I think it's... Yeah, yes. but even with Man City, Pep's first season, he had a squad that had Zabaleta, um, Sanya, Kolarov, uh, you know, all these guys where I think when you compare Pep's first season to his second one, when he made those 50 million fullback signings, you could actually play in the wide areas a lot better than you could. And because Pep didn't have the squad to do that, he had to use those guys inverted. And of course, you know, you're going to be at a limit because ideally, especially in this Premier League too, if you want to go to the next level, playing-wise, football-wise, tactics-wise, the right players are needed to do the right things in those key areas. So this is what, for me, is the same thing Lampard's going through that Klopp did coming to Liverpool. I see. Just to, just to, not to lash in on the negativity on Chelsea, like, you know, I wouldn't do that. But just, I just wanted to ask Nini, like, like, because Liverpool fans were, we were gassed about Werner coming to Liverpool, right? Even Havertz we were linked with, right? And in the end, obviously, we know they both ended up at Chelsea. I just wanted, because you obviously watched them every single game and et cetera, et cetera. I just want your opinion on Werner and how he's adapted. And is it, Ver, is it a, a Werner problem or is it a, a Lampard problem? Because I said in the summer, I don't know if you remember, we had a chat and I was like, all these players, in my opinion, are not Lampard's players, if you know what I mean. The recruitment is based on, uh, I don't think do it's based think, on sort of... Chris, do you, do you think he didn't want Werner and Havertz? I, I'm not, I haven't got any proof, uh, but, it, but from the way he's playing them and he doesn't know how to play them, where to play them, or is it Werner is just not... <laughs> I have heard that, I've heard that Lampard is the one that wants Declan Rice and Chelsea yeah. don't want him. And that's, that's why Scott, they don't Declan, have him. Scott, you Declan Rice would be a very good decision, though. Yeah. You know, you can tell that's a Lampard type blab. He knows what he needs for the team. I just thought at the time, Havertz and, Lamp, Havertz and Werner were just, we're back in a big time. We've got money. Let's do some business. Let's get who's the most sought after players as to getting the right players for our team and what we need going forward. And it looks like it's just a, a mishmash at the moment. I mean, I don't know. Always Werner just not up to it. But, but, but for me, yeah, I, we, we, this thing happens all the time. When form's good, only, only, people can only see positives. When form's bad, people can only see the negatives. I see things in a balanced way. Mm. I look at the pros from this season, which has been a ton of pros, because there was a 17-game on beat and run where we picked up clean sheets, which we are in, is impossible last season. We were able to win games where we can actually control them. Last season, we couldn't. Last season, if we weren't playing our very best every game, we couldn't get anything. And there's been so many big tactical improvements in the team, in the defence, in the control of games. But when you don't have a consistent team to can work alongside all the time, in a December period where most times, where's the time when you've got three games every week to work on training things? When, uh, you know, you've got players that aren't, you know, you've got to manage fitness, players around, et cetera, et cetera. So for me personally, it's just a case of analysing the situation like a people, they're using all these negatives against Frank. And then I just don't think these negatives are going to be lasting next month, February, March, April, because I think the positives are the players are back. And let me just even talk about Kai for a second, because, you know, this is, this is what I mean. I think he's, I don't know, I feel like, when people look at Kai's career in Leverkusen, I don't remember him having a set position. I remember him playing up front. I remember him playing as a 10 on the right. And the mad thing is last, sorry, so yeah. the mad thing is last season, when Havertz started his second season as a 10, he really struggled. 
in Europe, games versus Juventus, for example, he, he struggled, didn't do anything. And what happened in the second half, how he was able to improve, was because he moved to the right side channel where there's more space to play in. And he played as a false nine up front when he was bagging in the goals near the end. And, mm. you know, that comes down, yeah, to when young players are making their name in the game, of course, teams next season are going to have a plan to stop Kai from playing. And my thing is, when Kai has not even had one defined position his entire young career so far, I actually think if you had a player that can do a bit of everything, I personally think developing him long-term for a right centre-mid role is that the best of both worlds, where sometimes he can push forwards, break into the book. Sometimes he can go to the right, be creative. And I feel like because we haven't even had all our new signings playing at least over 10 games together, that's going to take some time, in my opinion. And, I, and when it does, I guarantee it, we're going to be absolutely beautiful. We're going to be firing. And, you know, I saw glimpses of this when we beat Burnley. A team like, you know, we struggle against teams that just... <laughs> But it was, it was, just looking at Lawrence's face. You know what it was? It was the way it was the way we play football to beat them, and I was like, "This is the future of what Lampard's trying to do." Just got to wait for it. Scott, I just, just to finish up on Chelsea. I do wonder whether there is a limit, though. I understand everything that Nini's saying, but I wonder whether there's a limit to the patience of Roman Abramovich. Not, not in terms of, um, not in terms of not being able to see what Lampard's trying to do, but I, I, he hasn't got form for sticking with something when signs are that it's it's not heading in the right direction, has he? Uh, he'd probably get more than most people, um, but you're completely right. I mean, I think he's, I think the next three games are pretty vital for him. If, if the, if the run of, if the slump and the performances continue as they are over the next few games, if Arsenal leapfrog them in the league, um, he just has to start winning. He has, he has to get closer to the to the top because that's where Chelsea are expected to be. It's not even out of the question that they do this season because we've seen that Arsenal getting relegated this season, then they're actually mid-table. Chelsea winning the league, then they're actually mid-table. Oli's getting sacked and United are top two. You know, it's, it's so up and down um, that it can change quite quickly, but Lampard has to fix it pretty fast, I think, for him to, to be yeah. able to stick yeah, and I think now because we now have all these guys back, I think it's just destined to come, to be honest. And I know that sometimes we'll use like points per game and stuff, but for me, sometimes I just feel like even just the use of some stats in football is just, it just it's like so unnecessary. Like, I think what, stats are points, so overplayed in I football. Think so. right, honestly, I think so. I think so too. Like, what's the point of points per game when Lampard's situation is different to other managers who had more experienced players to work with? Like, Vilash Bias had 30 something Drogba. 30-something Lampard XYZ. This is the first time I've seen, uh, since probably Ranieri, where there's a plan to uh, use youth, grow them, improve them, and have that team ready in the future. Yeah, I've I, I got to say, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Flanders, though. I, like the, the, the sheer volume of like useless narrative that gets thrown your way that actually means nothing if you don't... Ultimately, you could have... A, thousand shots on target in your XG could be a bloody load and you can have expected assists, expected goals per night and all this stuff. It just means nothing if you concede an own goal and the other team keeps a clean sheet. You know, it all fades into insignificance. Anyway, let's um, let's move on to talk a little bit about Leeds. So, Joe, like, we've had 
so many different views on this show since you last on. Mm. Uh, and you were quite vociferous about some of the chat that was coming uh, Leeds' way. It was shocking. So I'm, interest- I'm interested to know. Um, yeah, I'm interested to know kind of what you've made of all the chat around Leeds over the last few weeks. I think for me, like, I understand it. I understand Boovy. I understand Flanders. I understand Flav. And the reason well, being if is If you because- understand Boovy, wow. No, but what I'm saying is I understand why 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 they said what they said. And it's due to the fact is that I can't remember what I a said. lot of the media narrative. Like Boovy was frustrated that they were talking about Leeds and not City. Okay. Scott was frustrated that they were talking about Leeds when we got beat 6-2. Flav was frustrated that Glenn Hoddle was talking about Leeds after they beat us 3-0. And that's what Flav, it boils Flav down to. Flav was annoyed that Glenn Hoddle gave man of the match, match to, to Leeds', Leeds. Yeah, philosophy. I understand it, but Flav went, Flav went in, to be fair. He said anyone can go go forward wonderfully. That's not true. If that was the case, everyone would be doing it. Leeds have created more chances than any other side in the Premier League this season. That's fact. Check it. Um, you know, people, people, people. Uh, no, it's yeah. true, though. You say, oh, anyone can no, go the, forward No, the check it thing was just mic check drop. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then we have the worst defence. He said it was the worst defensive display ever seen. Southampton was worst against Tottenham this season, without a doubt. Um, and let's not forget, Leeds United have three recognised international centre-backs out. Yeah. Out, gone, gone. People not didn't, even in people the didn't people, people talk about Melier. Clean sheets this season, six. How many is Lloris got? Six. There's only three goalkeepers in the division that have more clean sheets, and that's Emilio Martinez. Alex McCarthy and Edison, that's it, right? So people say we can't defend. Well, we ain't doing so bad. And and, and, and then Boovy's talking about Ian Holloway. I get it, Scott. <laughs> Boovy, Boovy. I get, I get, right? I get. I forgot that. I yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, the mad thing is I was doing a stream and someone said, you need to watch 90 Minute. They've gone in on BLs. I was like, right. <laughs> but... But even like when you're saying about, oh, he hasn't won anything. I get it across Europe. I do, right? Um, but in terms of coach, coaching, there is no better coach in world football. You know, Flav mentioned two players. He said, oh, they've actually got some decent players in Jack Harrison and KP. Calvin Phillips was going to get sold and every Leeds United fan would have seen him go. Bielsa came in, changed him into a DM and he's now playing for England. Jack Harrison came from, you know, New York on City's books, probably not doing anything, didn't have a great start. He's now he's now class. That's down to one man. That's down to Marcelo Bielsa. That's not a big level. Calvin Harris hasn't done anything yet. He's only in the Premier League. It's not a match. Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris. That's better than Guardiola getting Xavi and Iniesta to Champions League finals from the academy. I'm not, listen, I, 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 that's nothing compared to what Guardiola and Klopp's done. No, but, well, I don't agree, mate, to be fair. I don't agree, but we'll, we'll, I'm going to say that, Anna. I just know, right, you've got, like, Matthias Click, what, 1.5 million over in, in Holland, not doing anything, came in and he's bossing it at times in the Premier League. Luke Ayling was at Yeovil, Bristol City. Luke Ayling's got one of, I think, up there in terms of one of most progressive passes in Europe, in Europe, and he's a right-back converted into a centre-back. This is what Bielsa has done. So anyone that doubts the man... They need to really, you know, check but themselves. But no, sorry. Go on, Go on what, what, I just see sport as, uh, all sport is coaching is to get your players to achieve the highest level yeah. that they can. And Bielsa does improve players, but 
we're talking about managers out there. Even even like Harry Redknapp got players to FA Cup final winning them. And Bielsa has not got any of any single one of his players in Europe across any of the clubs he managed has not won a single trophy in 25 years under his 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 um, management. You can't say he's the best coach in, in world football. Gas. I do think coaching. He's well. It, who's he's up there then? Let's see. He's he's not he's yeah, not the cool. best, but he's the top one. I would say as uh, <laughs> would would normally say. But yeah, no. Listen, I I just think it's it's unfair. And what's frustrating as well, right, Ben? I, I just finished with this. I get it. Like we're getting beat by teams we're expected to get beat by and we're getting hammered for our system, which is frustrating. I get it. Like every time we, we got six points from nine and all the pros were talking about is Leeds need to change the system. You know what? So we can be a West Brom and get a point against Liverpool and then concede 12 goals scoring one. What's the point? I'd rather get, I'd rather smash West, West Brom. West Brom have more points at Anfield than, uh, than Leeds. This <laughs> I don't care though. I don't care. <laughs> We're sitting in 12th. We're sitting in 12th. Probably go on. Listen, we'll be top 10 for me comfortably. I think we might just miss out on European places. I think that's genuinely my thoughts. Um, we'll wait and see. But yeah. I agree. Like, with, we can chat gas about Leeds. I love, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really fun. Um, but Leeds will win. West Brom will be expected or maybe get a, a draw here and there. Leeds would win that game and maybe they'll lose more. But the wins are three points, the draws are once. So they'll probably exactly. end up. I put them 11th. I think that's, that's about right. If they come wow. ninth, I uh, wouldn't be surprised. You know, um, they're, they're a good team. They're fun to watch. Um, but it's fun, it's fun to chat, guys. What's that, Boomy? Come on, keep it coming. <laughs> I think you might struggle. I think you might go down 16th, 17th, around there. Yeah, yeah, you're going to say that. Do you know what, though? Let me just say something as well. Boomy said we were another Norwich, right? We have more points at this stage of the season than Norwich got over 38 games. And that's what I just want to say that. You're better than Norwich. You're, you look more like Ian Holloway's Blackpool. <laughs> Very good. Um, just a quick reminder, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Drop a like on the stream now. There's loads of you watching that haven't liked the stream, so make sure you do. Drop a like on the stream. If you haven't followed the guys, make sure you're following the guys. Um, Joe, I just want to pick up on a point that you made there, though. <clears throat> One of the things that I find interesting is when pundits almost feel like they're doing leads a favour, like they're putting their arm around the shoulder and be like, no, you lot need to take this more seriously. You know, as if, as if this wasn't a conscious decision by Bielsa to play in a certain style, knowing full well they probably would come to Spurs and get beat. It didn't bother me as a Spurs fan at all that Leeds play like that. It didn't, and it also didn't bother me after the game that, that people didn't really talk about Spurs being good. But I guess... I guess for Spurs, we're not really used to people talking about us playing nice football. So it was quite natural. But um, but yeah, I wonder what your thoughts were on that. Do you find it kind of like patronising when you hear pundits saying like, oh, you need to change up and be more practical? Yeah, of course. Man. It's been so frustrating. This is what I'm saying. It is like, I think, I guess there will come a point though, as a fan, where it, we don't want the pat on the back. Oh well, you know you did well. You had a go. You know it's refreshing. I haven't to see. seen Leeds fans get annoyed yet. No, yeah, that's what I'm get. saying. We won't yet. There will come a point. Obviously, you know. I think it's. I think as a fan, I don't want to get to a stage where I'm just watching games against top six, expecting to get beat every time. Do you know what I mean? That that right. that has to change at some point, and that happens with personnel. Let's not forget. I mean we. We gave City a great game, you know, and absolutely, and it was a great game of football. 
We only missed out to Liverpool. I just think, look, Man United and Tottenham systems perfectly suited to the way Leeds United play. The way we improve on that is is by personnel for me. There's there's a couple of chances in that Tottenham game um, that maybe if if it's a Giroud instead of a Bamford, it hits the back of the net and then leads a 1-0 up and it's a totally different game of football. And I think Bielsa's aware of that, that if if chances are missed, then of course Tottenham are going to come back to back. I mean, that second goal, there's no we can do about it. That's just top level. The ball from Kane into Son, it was like, well, you, you can't do anything about that. I think the frustrating thing is when people are labelling the system there wasn't an issue with for the, for the first goal, for example. It's an error by Melier passing it out to uh, KP. It was a poor pass. There's a corner, a set piece. Um, How long do you think you'd be there, Joe? Be I think I think two years. I think uh, it got to it like I was worried like when he first came, but now I see it as I think we'll do well this season. We'll invest. We'll go again. Um, but as with any time with Bielsa, I know Leeds United are always, always looking. They were looking at Boye when we were in the Championship. It's been mooted that they're already looking at Gerrard because you never know with Bielsa. He could come in tomorrow and say, do you know what? I've had enough. Um, but it's the longest he's ever been at a club. Um, due, you know, his time at Leeds. So he obviously likes the place. He obviously likes Weatherby where he's living. He's fell in love with it a bit. Um, but it will be interesting to see. I, I want to ensure that he stays and we're solidified in the Prem because when he goes, whoever comes in, it's nowhere near going to be on the same level. Sam Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Stevie G, man. Stevie G. You know what? Yeah, but you know what, Joe, it's quite like, obviously, how you're talking about Bielsa and Leeds. I can't help but, like, find a few similarities behind what Lampard himself has been going through this season, where, you know, people only, like, see things on the surface without looking at the details behind it, you know? And I think when you do that, then you can, like, see, like, where, like, as he was saying, certain games, moments could just happen where, how can you say that's the system's fault? Like, what if, if, if a player misses a chance or let's say your books of books mids are just booming forward, just forgetting to, you know, come back and do their defensive stuff. Mm. You know, that's where the coach needs the time to, like, drill the tactics into the players and make them better. So I, I agree with you. I think the way you guys got up, the way you guys played, that is the successful way to play. And I think it will only get better once, who knows, maybe some investment this window and when other players come back to that is interesting, Nini. Uh, Joe, have you have you had a game yet where you've nicked ahead of a side that you should be beating and then you've got to a point where you've had to stick a game out? Burnley. Burnley. Burnley bossed us in that second half, to be fair. We went 1-0 up yeah. from a penalty. Yes, yeah. um, it, Burnley really caused us problems, to be totally honest. And... At that point as well, we were um, the worst team in terms of set pieces, conceding from set pieces. Yeah. I think, you know, against Chelsea, for example, I think they won seven out of eight headers. You know, we'd only met the ball once. Honestly, some of the stats were crazy. I think we were like 50% or something of, of balls into the box were getting beat by opposition. And the closest to us was like Crystal Palace on like 23%. So there was a massive difference. So we went up against Burnley. <laughs> Obviously, they peppered us from up on high, and we dealt with it. Um, so, so that that's the one for me, the Burnley one. We probably, yeah. to be honest, only deserve. Burnley could, felt hard done by, and I understand why. But uh, yeah, it was one of them where no, you're like buzzing. That was a that's a really good example, actually. That's a really good example. Um, let, let's go on to talk a little about Liverpool. So, 
Grizz, th- this is um, this is a patch now. This is th- mm. this is no longer just a, a bad result. This is a it's a bit of a dicey patch. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, I'm trying to think if um, I don't want to go overboard with with, with with the statement I'm about to have, but probably the worst worst bit of form in under Klopp's tenure, uh, in my opinion, in terms of in terms Since of you became res- good. Yeah, in terms of results and performances as a combo, yeah. because there's obviously been bad results and there's obviously been bad com- But yeah, since we turned good, and look, Scott and Boovy always remind me that they haven't known me since Liverpool being in bad form. So, you know, <laughs> have a few lads. But look, th- all I can say is we, we all sat here and done a preview of the season and we said this is going to be like no other season. You know, and we all predicted it and we didn't know the exact reasons, but we could give sort of some, you know, some opinions on why it could be like that. And it's proving to be so. Um, add into that, you know, I'm going to harp on about it because it's straight middle facts. You add into that your three centre halves, your main three centre backs, two out for the season and one's a, a, a Twix, packet of Twix, if you, you know, you take those three centre-backs out of any team and you're going to have fluctuating and that's what we've had. But it just so happens, it just happens that those three centre-backs haven't been such an issue because, again, we go back to the system that we were talking about. Klopp's system is such that it hasn't affected us that much defensively. Now what we're thinking is our front three, you know, can't score in a... Do you know what I mean? Like... We, our front three have totally lost their form. And when was the time all front three lost their form altogether? So it's the perfect storm in terms of us suffering. After all that, Ainsy, after all that, we're still in and around the pack. You know, obviously Man United can go past us. City can go past us. And, you know, good luck to them if they do. Um, but, but as we, we said, it's going to be we a We were race. expecting a response though, Grizz. We, was expect, we were expecting... Liverpool to come out and make a statement. That statement or that or that expectation, in my opinion, is not based on a, a backbone of solidity that Liverpool just don't have at the moment. We're playing central midfielders at the back, um, and then as a result, we're playing central midfielders mm. that haven't played much in the oh, past God, year or Grizz, so in midfield. You leaked the team. You gave the tactics yeah, away. They would bad. have been watching the gas. They would have been yeah, watching bad. the gas and then got the intent. And then they sc- and, and then they scored in the first straight away. You know, so yeah, so you know, I'm not going to do that. Chris, again. I'm interested to know because I I saw your tweets the other day. You you, what did you make of Hassan Hüttel's, um little teary episode on the side? Some people you found like it, it cringe. Some people found it cringe. I loved it. I thought that's passion. That's the guys. The guy obviously looks up to to Jurgen Klopp in a massive and a huge way. And that was just his emotion, you know, out, outpouring on the pitch, you know, and there's nothing wrong so with that. You, you know, think that's yeah. like, that, if that's my manager, I'm like, you've only beat Liverpool, like, calm down. Like, what well, this is, but Joe, but this is no, it. But yeah. for me, you should. It's not Liverpool, Joe, but it's not Liverpool. Well, I even get your point. In one game. No, no, it's like, it's like, I can't, I if can't you beat him in a you know, you know what it is. shows no emotion. You know, I, you know. I think I know what you mean. Like, obviously, I look at Hasenthal and just remember, he was getting mocks for a long time back when they lost 9 0 to Leicester. And obviously, they called him the enough. old eye clop. Exactly. And imagine now, how embarrassing that is. Exactly. And since then, because he's always been a good manager, 
and because coaches need time to get their teams working, fantastic coach. They're back now, and of course, Aye, to get Nini, a result you, first. Nini, Nini, you're on the team. You are on the take, mate. You're on a bung from Frank. This is a joke. That but it's true. You give a coach. You 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 reckon good coach, and you give him time, and you give him implement his philosophy. And let's not forget, Southampton were out without players. Like, you know, I should be making excuses for Liverpool, but I'm not. They were, they were without Vestergaard. Yeah, they were crying without... though, like crying. Oh, it's a massive result. I, I Listen, beating it, Liverpool, beating one of the greatest teams the Premiership's ever seen is a massive result. <laughs> yeah, especially when, when everyone ruled you out too and no one had any faith. And because, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of times managers do get misunderstood. And most managers do get sacked. It's not even because they weren't good enough. Sometimes the occasion circumstances was just too big to handle at the time. And I just think that, you know, to be the last yeah. to at one I point, was seething at the time. Show, you know? I was seething at the time and I should have just gone into one and said, oh, what's he doing? Crying a bit more. But it, it did get to me emotionally. Maybe I'm getting old. Well, I am getting old. But maybe <laughs> you know, I'm think, getting soft. I thought I liked it. I liked it too, man. obviously wants aspirations of getting a top job. Like, he's going to be looking to beat them teams week in, week out. Are we going to need to, like, get that's some like a, tissues that's on the yeah, But with the, the injury-ravaged yeah. injury Southampton team, Joe, come on, he's got to be realistic. They had three... Crying! Yeah. It's not for me, Bless man. I don't, I don't understand it, Me, I was a bit like, come on, man, you've won one game. Like, calm down. Joe, yeah, what do you reckon? Leeds fans crying when you got out of League One a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That was him crying, man. <laughs> yeah, but the one thing I do think, I don't know if you agree with this, Scott, because I, I, I thought it was quite sweet. But then I did think, like, your emotional bandwidth, right? You haven't got much further to go off the back of that. Yeah. Like, once you've once you've displayed that to your team, sort of, and that's a really big moment for you, 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 there's not too many times you can kind of break down on the sideline and people react to it. Like, he, he, he's done that now if that makes sense yeah i know um i, I get it in a sense uh but it, it it is a journey he was how many premier league managers have been beaten nine nil in a game yeah and yeah. survived that's embarrassing right. you know yeah um and it's 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 brilliant for southampton i mean they probably deserve to win based on like how how hard they worked, how well they defended. I know Liverpool weren't on it and they haven't been on it for a while, but um, it's probably a, like an achievement for him in the sense of like, he, he thinks about the journey he's been on yeah. over the last year. Cause it was last December or something like that or November or, or whatever, that Southampton lost nine nil. So in the, in the toughest league in the world as well to beat as, as Grizz mentions, you know, an amazing Liverpool team. Uh, it's, it's a good achievement, but, it's, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Really. But do you know what it is? I think, I think you can tell when it's fake, if you know what I mean. And yeah, that yeah, definitely. Yeah, this Matt, Hang Matt Hancock can control it. after the first vaccine. There you go. Yeah, that, yeah. You know I mean, you just want to when, run when through, want to slap his face. Celebrating, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a draw with West Brom. <laughs> yeah. oh, even that, but you could, you could tell this fella, it was pure, genuine. That's what, yeah. Okay, um, Grizz, just to finish up on this, and then we'll go to a couple of quick questions from people watching on. Um, do you draw a line under this now? Yeah, or we have to. Is, is this, like, are you looking for a bit of an inquest into where this has gone nah, wrong over the last few games? No, no, no. You don't do inquests at this stage, um, especially, you know, under Klopp and what he's <clears> done for us. Um, 
you know, they've got enough credit in the bank. You you put this down to all the things that we've talked about. And discussed. Uh, it looks like, I don't know, it looks like, seems like tomorrow's game is going to be postponed. or I don't know whether it'll be pushed back to next week, but it looks like there's, yeah. a, there's a bad enough case that it's just off completely. Yeah. So your next, so your next game isn't exactly. a good, isn't a bad game to win, is it? If that, if that is called off. There you go. So that was my that was that was the point. I was coming to what better game to beat the pretenders to the crown? You know, we're the best midfielder in the world in their team coming to Anfield to ruin our home record. It's perfectly set up um, to talk about. And, and and then you know suddenly things look better. We beat. So we we got Man United, Burnley, and Spurs. What an amazing 20, three. 28th coming yeah. to Tottenham Hotspur so, Stadium. So do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that kind of season where I think Nini touched on about, you know, a win here, a couple of wins here, and suddenly the outlook's totally different. Absolutely, absolutely awful results, all right, and performances as well. But we can turn it around in the next three, and, and we've proven that we can do it again and again. But it's, it's, it's just time to stop talking now. Most of the players are back now. Obviously, the two main players are out, and Jota, but the squad's looking healthier, and now it's time to... You're not going to sign a centre-back now? I don't want to reveal it on 90 Minutes, because you're not going to... Nah! <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Got to keep hold of that exclusive traffic. Right, okay, let's do some comments really quick to finish up. Um, on the Super Chat, PAVFC says, has Liverpool and their winning style been found out, Grizz? Um... I want to say found out, but it's it's obviously it's natural with champions and people analyze you more and more. So yeah, you have to adapt. I want to say found out. Benedict Hoskins said a Spurs going to win a cup double this season. If Spurs win the League Cup, I'm not going to bet against Spurs in the Europa League. I think there's a possibility Spurs can win the Europa League as well. Um, I think the problem is in the F in the FA Cup. Like everyone's going to be desperate to win that. Like it's people, the league cup's desperate. nailed on, Ben. I told people about it in 2019. Yeah, Scott <laughs> Scott tweeted about this about five years ago, saying Mourinho would win the league cup with Spurs. Um, Pert play said, "Give Ralph the Chelsea job." I think Nini will respond saying, "Give Frank time." Um, he answered for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic said, "Sam Allardyce is a massive fraud." Now, Grizz, I want to I want to come to you on this. Do you think Sam Allardyce can keep West Brom up? Mm. No, I don't think he can. Does anyone think, think Sam Allardyce will keep West Brom up? A lot of people Boovie, do. you think media, he will? Media, yeah, Media and Boovie yeah. do. Yeah. Wow, why? So I think he's How most, many more, bad teams uh, are in the league? Yeah, I think Sheffield United are gone, so there's only two teams. Yeah. Teams. Oh, they're, they're basically currently bottom of the league, if you accept uh, Sheffield United. Has he got more experience and better squad players than, than Scott Parker? Yeah. And I don't like Brighton at all. No, not that I love the club, I, I don't like what they're doing. I think they're points. You also like the, the seaside as well. Um, Adita says, um, discuss Stones Diaz partnership in a in a sentence. Boovie Stones Diaz as a partnership. Uh, best in the world at the moment. Okay, Lucas one two three. Do people really think Man United will win the Premier League? Scott, do people really think that? There are probably people who do. I'm I'm not going to say they will because I don't think they will. But they're in the conversation. Okay, uh, Nini, is Fernandinho better than Kante? Oh, that is a very, very good question. Um, I find it hard to answer. Um, I, I would say probably, I think I'd have to edge for Kante. But I mean, Fernandinho, I mean, they're on the same tier. And I just think sometimes it's like, 
comparing players in the same tier, like what really is the difference, really? I mean, Fernandinho can shoot better than Kante. Kante can win a tackle better than Fernandinho. Like, where do we stop? Um, Joe, actually, no, let's stay with Nini here. If if uh, Lampard left the Chelsea job at the end of the season, would you take Huss and Hurl? Um, to be honest, I'd take either one of him, Tuchel, Rose, any one of these guys. Because for me, all these managers, they're, they're, all, they're all modern managers who are playing... <laughs> let, me, let me just finish this. They're modern managers that are playing a modern style of football. And I think when you just look at how the game is moving, we're in a place where our squad can complement lots of different styles. And I think it's exciting because compared to like when Sari left, where, yeah. you know, it is a massive rebuilding job because of the system and how niche it was. We're in a great position now where whoever wants to take over Frank can continue the work that's been doing. And that's the most important thing. If uh, someone called It's Football Not Soccer said Liverpool's defensive line is way deeper, which is why Liverpool aren't creating as many chances. Um, uh, TAA fraud gave away the ball 58 times last game. That was really misleading because Liverpool were playing the ball in wide areas and were firing crosses into the box over and over and over again. Go on, Scott. You look like you got. And I tweeted this earlier. Can we cut a bit of slack to the guys who've had COVID? Because, like, Klopp has confirmed that Trent's had COVID over pre-season. Pogba's had COVID. Havertz has had COVID. They're all getting criticised. You don't know how that effect that that has on top-level yeah. players. You you can't expect Kai Havertz, who's joining Chelsea at 21, just off the back of COVID, to dominate every game he plays in. Yeah, and, and I just want to say quickly, my sister had COVID. Lots of my friends have had COVID, so I've been able to get a, a, an understanding behind the difficulties, especially when it really varies from person to person. So uh, this is what I mean. Everyone's forgetting that this season is <clears> very <throat> unique circumstances affecting all the coaches, all the players, and I, I just got to keep that perspective in the back of my head. I, I, that's why I can't be super, super critical, but of course I can, like, critique. Um. Anuj says, beating Stoke City and Brentford, what an achievement for Spurs. George Hansen says, Rangers for the Europa League. Lol, I'm lolling with you, mate. Um, Jeremiah says, can Liverpool win the Champions League this season? Joe, I'll, I'll let you answer that one. Do you think Liverpool can win the Champions League this season? Yeah, man, they can do anything, man. I know they're going through a, a bad bad patch at the minute, but still back Liverpool. Still back them to win the league. Why not? Um Okay, and then to finish up, does anyone think there'll be any FA Cup upsets this weekend? Marine versus Spurs. Mar Marine versus Spurs. So, Marine, this is the biggest gap between two teams ever in the FA Cup. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, it's the equivalent of, like, I mean, it really, like, if Spurs lost that, it'd be a be an absolute disaster. Um, uh, Newport so County think... against Brighton. Uh, let, let's let's throw that one out there. Newport have a habit of that. They're doing well in the league. Brighton are not very good. Could happen. Okay. Well, we'll 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 lean on that one then. Unless there's any other. Who have City got booths? Oh, probably. So I think well, Leicester have got Stoke. Maybe there's one there. Who have Leeds got? Probably. League two. Yeah, that, that's probably I didn't want to say it, but that, that's probably what we Crawley Town. We'd be beat by Newport, by Sutton, by all of them. So yeah. It was at that Newport game, it was brilliant. Yeah. Was <laughs> I bet, brilliant. Yes. <laughs> that's where Ben White was discovered, actually, to be fair. <laughs> it, oh, this has been great fun. 
great fun today. Um, thank you so much for coming on, uh, Joe, Nini, Flaunders, Boovy, Grizz. Make sure you follow everyone. Uh, can't stress this enough. All the guys are great for giving up their time to do this. So please do go across and follow them on social so that you can keep up with all the gas. I'm sure there'll be plenty of chat off the back of this. Subscribe if you haven't already uh, and drop a like on the stream on your way out. We'll see you all on Monday for the gas tank. <laughs>